Welcome back to House of Bravo, your weekly Bravo recap with a cosmic twist. I'm Emma, an astrocartographer and human design reader. And I'm Tasha, an intuitive astrologer, also known as the agent of Pluto. So, lots has gone down over this last week in these final degrees of Saturn Aquarius, Pluto and Capricorn, full moon. Oh my God, there's just been like so, 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 so much energy in the air. But before we can like get into all of it, I kind of wanted to take a second maybe. Emma, do you want to maybe explain sort of like why these last couple of weeks have been crazy with these planets in these so-called critical degrees, if you will? Yes. So you may have heard us mention this or seen it floating around, but we have been experiencing Saturn, the disciplinarian, the taskmaster planet, sitting at 29 degrees Aquarius. And uh, we've also simultaneously had Pluto sitting at 29 degrees in Capricorn. Yes, thank you. I'm like, oh, I can't. My brain has moved on to their new placement. So I'm like, where were we? Yeah, yeah. Um, Yes. So these planets were making a nice little semi sextile to each other, sitting at the 29th degree. But why is the 29th degree so important? So we have the zodiac wheel, which is made up of 12 signs. And each of these signs has 30 degrees. So the first degree you can be in is zero, and the last degree you can be in is 29. And these are known as the critical degrees. Zero degrees is kind of this very pure energy of that sign. It's like the epitome of that sign, just very pure. Tasha likes to think of it as like a newborn baby that's just been given these kind of new powers. Mm -hmm. Um, And as the planet moves through the sign, the energy evolves, um, which is captured by traditional concept of decans, but we're not going to get into that. That's like some very deep, deep astrology. On the other hand, we have 29 degrees, the very last degree a planet can be in before it moves into the next sign. And this degree shows us kind of like a growth and a learning that has built up over the planet's um, journey. So it's kind of this more evolved version of a sign, and it comes with a possible test, maybe a karmic test before it moves on. It's asking you, have you learned the lessons of the planet traveling through this sign? So both zero degrees and 29 degrees are felt very intensely. Yes. Intense is definitely the word for it. I mean, and what we're talking about is not just a personal thing, obviously. It is it is a personal thing, but it's definitely energy felt by the collective. So, you know, over the last couple of weeks, we've had received news of endings, um, maybe things beginning, you know, just very, very critical, significant events. I mean, Scandaval, hello, which... We will discuss later on in the episode, Um, specifically, we're going to talk about Tom Sandoval's karma. But otherwise, yes, these 29 degrees, all very critical. And if we're talking about it on a personal level, I mean, if we want to give an example, I mean, you found a really great one. Giselle has her Mercury in Virgo at 29 degrees. That is so emblematic, I feel like, of her lessons, her karma right now. Like, And I think you also mentioned, like, Andy did point out she is getting into the semantics and she needs to kind of figure out how she processes and maybe weaponizes that information. 
Yeah, yeah. She also has Saturn conjunct that placement at 28 degrees. So it's like using words as authority, as like to put yourself above others, um, especially again at that 29 degrees Mercury and Virgo. Um, I yeah. just realized with obviously this Pluto and Capricorn at 29 degrees that was feeding in energetically, like their forms that trine since they're all, you know, Virgo and Capricorn form a trine to each other since they're in the same um, element. And I think you do, I think you definitely saw, um, a transformation maybe or at least the uh the semblance of a, a struggle or a lesson especially in this reunion where she's finally not getting you know off the hook for stuff she has yes. to actually like being held come... to the fire yes feet holding to the fire and like being able to actually be vulnerable and talk and not make assumptions and yeah like get to the heart of real things but i mean we're already talking about potomac we might as well just jump into Potomac right like this reunion that should have not been a three-part reunion <laughs> yeah yeah we're over Potomac I, don't know, I feel like we say this by the reunion of every season but um Miami so far is incredible I that's will say. true that's true so I don't want to I don't want to say for every season yeah I mean is there anything you like particularly want to like focus on I feel like obviously so much of this season has been just smoke and mirrors off the bat yeah I honestly I'm Someone on the internet said that they want this to be put on hold, and I agree. I feel like at this point, everyone is just coming up with rumors and speculation, whether it's to cover up for Robin and Juan and not wanting that to come out. So going after other people, as I think Candace was saying that that's like why things were about Chris. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. But... Oh, yeah, I just, I don't know. It's killing the vibe. It's turning me off. Um, <laughs> it's killing the vibe. Killing but the it vibe. is true. It is very true. I mean, you had like such a great idea to pull up the Potomac series like chart and kind of to see what's going on. So we pulled the Potomac chart for Jan 17th, 2016. I can't remember if it started at 8 or 9 p.m., but between both the shows of Virgo Rising, um, it's also a Cap Sun funnily enough it just sounds like a very Giselle show right it makes sense and the Taurus moon um but what I found interesting about you know pulling for when the reunion happened which I believe was like taped on Jan 31st a transit stood out to me so to speak you have Neptune transiting Neptune in Pisces on the show's south node in Pisces um that Neptune's also squaring which is forming like that tough integrative aspect that we'd like to call with that Mars and Gemini. Um, and, you know, when you put Mars and Gemini, which is like very much about information communication, maybe how you present information in their 10th house of, you know, public reputation. Um, it's like, it is the most, the 10th house is your most public facing point of your chart. It's what kind of everyone knows you by, recognizes you by. Um legacy even to some degree and so you have neptune in the show's seventh house squaring this mars in the 10th house it's like there is an uncertainty around who you can trust based on the information that is being put out and you totally see it emblematic of this whole season coming to a conclusion almost or like a tipping point because this can't persist this is fucked up like this is reality tv and things are produced but we're not looking for self-production we're looking for them to be as close to who they are in theory 
Yeah. Yeah. So you mentioned that um, Neptune's in Pisces in the seventh house. And what's like, yeah, it's just interesting that kind of speaking to what you just said, like they're manufacturing these stories, like they're making it up. They're trying to self-produce. It's it's very like hazy. So the seventh house is like relationships, one-on-one situations. And in Pisces, friends like, even. Yeah, yeah. And like Pisces, there's deception. There's like all of this kind of um fog or haze or things kind of going awry, signals getting mixed. And we see that. Like we see that with Jacqueline and Mia. We see that with um, I don't know. Actually in everyone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, just a mess. Just a just, mess. Just kind of everything just seemingly came out of nowhere. Even that um, the Mia Wendy thing that came out of mm. Peter, like it was just as a viewer, it was like, wait, what? Like, why is this even coming here? So it's like, yeah, yeah. I think it just that Neptune was really, really uh, throwing a wrench in the works here. Yeah. And like we talked about South Node before on the show, but South Node, you know, anything can kind of have a South Node in some capacity, I guess. I mean, not anything, but in this case, I think it's interesting to think about like what role the show has and it's if it's trying to get out of like shadow habits, for example, right? Like the shadow habits of like self-victimization in your partnerships or like, again, the facade, um, the delusion, the we let's go along with the plan just to, you know, make things out to be some sort of like fairy tale, like that kind of energy pervasive. But um, obviously like that's a transit affecting the show, but also it is a transit affecting everyone in general at this moment in time. It's um, it can't, and therefore it's like a confusing time for a lot of people as well. Maybe there's like some feelings of like, I don't know where to go from here type of energy, um, which, you know, we said that energy will clear up and as the month and all these big shifts happen, of course, that's going to be par for the course. But um, I do think the confusion reflected in the show is also a big mirror for what's happening um, in real life for some, for a lot of people actually. Um, But yeah, I just, I just thought that was really really interesting and you know what pluto is going through their fifth house the show's fifth house of fun and creative expression but pluto is also uncovering and it's like a moment of inflection it's a transition period like how are they going to now transform where it's also maybe a show not rooted in the establishment you had robin and giselle as like ogs and karen but maybe this is going to be moving more to more meritocracy quote-unquote i.e more um new blood you know rejiggering of power positions very pluto and aquarius like yeah well also so they're in their eighth house perfection year which if you don't know what a perfection year is basically the year you're born it's considered year zero and then like you work your way around the themes of the 12 houses as you age so they're um since they're their seventh season they're in their eighth house perfection year and that is themes of death as well or like a rebirth a shedding kind of like the phoenix imagery um Mm -hmm. yeah so that it just seems like it's time Yeah, it's time. Something's coming um, and it's much needed because we're over it. So speaking of over it, shall we just like wrap them up with our MVPs and LVPs of the season? Yes. Yes. Um, Let's see. Do you want to do you want to go? Who's your who's your 
actually let's, who's your mvp who's your yeah i'm i'm always so fascinated by your opinion so like, <laughs> i'm excited to hear my mvp and this was a bit of a stretch she almost didn't make it but it is candace um, she almost didn't make it. Excuse me? Why? That's the biggest shock for me. Because I almost had no one. Like, I almost, like, really didn't have an MVP. But um, I feel like, oh, okay, okay, that's fair. Yeah. That's, that's, that's very fair. You can have but your opinion. Lisa just really didn't do it for me. And as much as, like, I um, enjoy who Candace is as a person, I feel like in this season, sh- everything was just about the Chris thing. And I don't like pe- seeing people mm-hmm. put in these, like, negative situations like I don't like the drama coming from this negativity and this hurt mm. and the pain. um mm. so it just wasn't like enjoyable for me but yes at the end of the day like Candace took the flag because I really I just wanted to give it to someone um mm-hmm. my LVP is Robin for obvious reasons like you're not living up to the contract that you signed mm. so those are my takes How okay MVP, I agree, but I was more of a, oh my God, no brainer. This is defo, <laughs> Candace is. Um, just because, like, I do think from, like, just from an astrological perspective, too, right? Like, for her, her showing at reunion was honestly a masterclass at being able to facilitate and lead this conversation on colorism to be able to articulate and defend her opinions. Very, very, um, very obviously it hit right it, there was that scorpio rising sting to it but there was also that gemini wordplay and the words she was using and the choice words she was using and the intentionality around that and then there's also that sag morality right so i think like beautiful combination of her big three and i think evolutionarily speaking you see a lower vibe version of all those things in seasons past and she might not want to admit that and she's like i've always been like this and yes you have always been like this but there has been more self-actualization that I really appreciate and you know who's to say you go on reality tv and it stunts your growth whereas I think Candace actually helped her evolve and mature um so she's my MVP by a mile LVP I'm actually gonna say it's Sharice because as much as we want to gripe about Robin and this whole thing it still gave content to talk about at the end of the day whether it's content I wanted and wanted to receive not so much but it was still content that I digested versus Sharice kept trying to pick a fight with Karen and had no business being there and I don't even know what Sharice's storyline was other than I showed up to your mother's funeral and you did not appreciate that and it's like if no one doesn't want to appreciate that, it's their right. It is what it is. She clearly does not want to be friends with you. Accept it. Like, move on. It's fine. We don't have to make this a thing. So, Sharice is my LVP. I just, don't come back if you don't have a storyline. Like, at this point, Jacqueline has more of a storyline than you. And that's not even saying a whole lot. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed, agreed. But speaking about Jacqueline, I mean, I thought it was very funny that both the SAGs <laughs> brought out receipts, like, which is hilarious because then in Miami, you have the SAG bringing out receipts. So it's like, okay, SAGs clearly, like, need to prove a point. So they got to prove, you know, like, yeah, it's, it's just very extra. Like having, we're the professors, like, we're going <laughs> to column a column b example a b c like we're gonna throw your morality back in your face but actually like (laughs) i'm i'm happy for adriana specifically Mm -hmm. um we're moving on to miami now we're moving on to miami we have shifted (laughs) yeah like i can resonate so much with her when it's like not being able to 
deliver your thoughts in the way that you want to. Um, mm. Not we talked about her Mercury SAG retrograde last week. Her yes. foot and mouth syndrome, also. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Just like can't quite connect the dots in terms of what you're thinking and how it comes out of your mouth. So like the fact that she was able to present the hard evidence of I'm clearly not going after married men, even when you tried to push me in that direction, it was like, I shut that down. Um, So it's like, yes, sometimes we're not able to express ourselves eloquently, but being able to back it up with the facts, like it just, my, my sad rising and my Gemini stellium both very much appreciated that. <laughs> Backed by the facts. Yeah, I mean, look, it's so fucking brutal what's happening in Miami, right? Ultimately, like, I mean, don't get me wrong. Amazing drama. I'm living for all of this. and But for Alexia to, and Marisol to be, like, badgering her in this way just feels like they're taking Bambi out to die. Like, it's Aww. really... It, it's, like, literally she it's so sad she she's otherwise obviously like such a confident such a vibrant person I mean with so much sag like how can you not be and and then to see her where she's almost like begging for forgiveness and it's like Alexia is just lording it over and over I mean yeah well you know it's interesting because I think while I do agree with you on a lot of it I also mm. do understand just getting to a certain point with a friend who Mm -hmm. you do have these miscommunications with time and time again and needing to just like set your boundary and be like as in her words bro I'm done with you I like you know just like I I get that but at the same time and I've said this like in our episodes past Alexia is like a mean girl this season she's got no hardship coming at her so like when we look at her chart um Mm. she's got mercury in Taurus so um, it's very like earthy, stubborn way of thinking and communicating in a tense square aspect with her Jupiter expansion. So it's kind of expanding that stubbornness, trining her Neptune in Scorpio, like Neptune, again, deception, all these things in Scorpio, like, ooh, like deep, deep hurt, pain, cause it feel it like all of that um yeah yeah she also has her south node chilling in scorpio with neptune Uh again kind of like those you know and it's like i hate we we talk about south node is low vibe a lot but i also do want to put out there that it's also like it is a part of you we are both our north and south nodes so it's like we're never gonna leave that south node behind and it's not always the shadow side but Mm -hmm. in this case it does seem to be but Mm -hmm. i just wanted to throw that caveat out there because i feel like it's one of those south node gets like a bad rap (laughs) yes no definitely and and the thing too to add on is like ultimately you can move to the like you having that access to that high vibration of the south node is also very much there you know and so you have this power resource it's like what are you going to use your powers for good or bad like it's not that simple but obviously you know it kind of distills down to that um yeah it's interesting that co-presence of that neptune and south node um but what i did want to um clarify for some people that might not that might be following along just listening you said Mercury and Taurus squaring her Jupiter and Cancer. So ordinarily, those would not 
square. However, just because of the late degree in Cancer, her Jupiter is in, it forms this out of sign square to that Mercury and Taurus. So on top of just the usual square tension, integrative tension that you might experience, you're also getting this extra quality that's unfamiliar and it's not it's very atypical. And so it's almost like there is a different tilt and flavor around that mercury and that processing of that information. Um, but what is also really interesting about Alexia's chart is as much as we're describing her as this person that's like so self-involved, I'm a star. Um, like at the beginning, she even had to get up and show off her basic ass dress, like, which is hilarious because no one asked you. Um, but she has her sun and north node and Mercury on Taurus, like all conjunct. And to me, it's it's hilarious because what eventually Alexia is supposed to grow into, if she is also a Taurus or if Leo rising, is that she's supposed to be this someone who like brings peace to people, someone who feels peace in her body, someone who's able to use her pain and suffering in understanding her pain and suffering in that surrender and understanding what lessons came from all of these things. And then helping connect and forming ties with people and brokering that piece. She does have Mars and Libra in the third. So Alexia does have these tools at her disposal. Now, does she use them for good or evil? It's a or evil's a tough word, but if we're going if we're talking about the high vibe, low vibe, you know, she's kind of hovering in that low vibe territory right now. Yes. In this, in this situation, obviously with Frankie and her relationship with Frankie, I feel like that is a whole other type of karmic conversation. Um, but if we're just talking about well, her okay, so, general life purpose in some yeah, and that's exactly why I paused because I feel like Alexia and I was just like going to pull up her chart, Pluto and Virgo. Okay. I feel like she's able to like easily separate these parts of herself where it's like we see all those amazing things that you were just saying we see how she applies that in certain mm -hmm. areas like i could see her getting very involved in that foundation that's mm -hmm. helping frankie and her doing amazing work through that foundation but that doesn't mean that she'll leave behind her mean girl ways so it's mm -hmm. like interesting how like we like just again to say like we are our whole chart you're never mm -hmm. just one or the other. Like it just is this constant fluctuation of energy. And I think because she doesn't, she is yet unable to see how she's hurting others mm -hmm. through her like glibness. <laughs> exactly. Um, it's just gonna continue. Mm-hmm. Bro, it's yeah. just who I am. <laughs> oh my god. I mean, that's also character of her Saturn and Aries um conjunct her Chiron and Pisces. Um, Saturn and Aries is also like a generation planet. So, you know, it's not necessarily like specific to her, but in this case, Saturn, you have like your planet of restriction, um, and also building to stand building things to stand the test of time like it's very strong structures and in Aries it's about like survival and so Saturn in Aries it's almost like the I guess she's learning to become like that elder that leader that someone that's comfortable with their survival the someone that can leave like my worth and my values like I matter I'm here I have a seat I deserve a seat at this table 
What is also interesting about that Saturn conjunct her Chiron in Pisces. We've talked about Chiron in the show a couple of times, like that wounded healer, your trigger point. In Pisces, there can be an element of like not fully actually recognizing your level of suffering um, and somehow feeling like everyone's all suffering worse or something. Like there is like that projection of suffering um, and being in your feels about it, especially this is flowing into a water trine, you know, it's very easy to contain your feels to yourself and have that more narcissistic perspective that my emotions are what matters because my emotions aren't being heard and I'm trying to fight for my seat at this reunion table or this friend group and if you're not validating this hurt and mind you that chiron does form a square to her venus and gemini so female interactions or inner like relationships and how communications that might be a different perspective squaring forming that tense aspect with her emotions getting her in her feels and then with aries anytime you have aries you can kind of lash out really aggressively right so you do see it here in the chart as well um, which, you know, it's always lovely to see how things play out in the chart, but, um, <laughs> yeah, but then if you look at like Alexia's kind of softer side, mm -hmm. um, you know, we saw this come out with the way that she stands up for, or yeah, I guess stands up for Nicole's father, which oh. the way I spoke too soon, <laughs> like Nicole is not fully healed. We'll look at no, that. No. Um, but yeah, I, I definitely, I mean, you can't do all your healing in one session, but it was just like the change in her. And I really do think that was a pivotal point in her For healing sure. process. For sure. Um, but yeah, when we take a look at both Alexia and Larsa, we're standing up for the, the point of view of like, he's your father, meet him where he's at, get over it. They mm. both have such heavy cancer placements, Larsa mm -hmm. and Alexia. So Larsa... Uh, so she's got Sun, Saturn, and Mercury all in Cancer. So it's mm -hmm. like where she shines, how she, what she thinks about, what she communicates about, where she like has firm boundaries and structure, and like is like feels a need of responsibility. Like all of that is in the sign that represents family. And uh, and then when we look at Alexia, she's got Jupiter, like the planet of expansion in cancer so it's like mm -hmm. both of these women have these strong desires to like keep the family bonds strong basically so it's interesting to see them um both taking the side of her dad yeah and one thing one thing that i found interesting about both those situations is um obviously larsa has an aquarius moon <laughs> biting biting commentary um it's something I've often wondered, you know, like, I wonder if you have an Aquarius moon and you have an Aquarius moon, like the impact of your father in terms of the framework, your emotional framework to some capacity, just because of that Saturnian influence. And for Larsa to be, Larsa to say, you know, you just got to meet him where he is, like, accept him for who he is and just, you know, family is important so just accept and I think that's so emblematic of her Cancer Moon and Aquarius Moon, sorry, Cancer Sun and Aquarius Moon energies as well, and all her Cancer and energies, but especially because of that Aquarius Moon, what keeps her happy. Now, with Alexia, obviously, you then see that Saturnian influence, again, as we talked about that Saturn in Aries. And in Saturn in Aries, I can see um, symbolism around father as the leader, as the 
figure of the head of the household, like very indoctrinated because of that conjunction into her water trine. So into her feelings, into how she views the world, into... And I wonder if this is also like what we're seeing from Alexia, glimpses of her father, ultimately, the Im the direct impact of how her father operates. Mm. So on her emotions. So it's interesting that both of them with very strong Saturnian underlying influences, right? Maybe not off the surface just yet, but if you like took a second to really dive in, you kind of trace a little bit maybe where that paternal type of longing influence understanding. And so for them to then now attack Nicole or not attack, attack's a harsh word, for them to come after her being like, well, we're trying to help. This is a family thing. They're not talking to Nicole. They're talking to themselves. They're trying to justify to themselves why their life and their existence and their emotions are totally fine. And so it's a struggle. At well, point. yeah. And if you look at the father of Alexia's sons, he's someone who was in prison. He had issues with drugs or just maybe just dealing them i don't know i don't remember the specifics but like that's like if if nicole can't accept her father maybe that means that like peter and um mm. be able to accept theirs and like again family yeah. is so important to her to keep that together so yeah yeah yeah, we definitely see that play out. I mean, but Nicole, kudos to Nicole. I think she's had an amazing showing at this reunion. Like she's, I, I, this is the most I've liked Nicole of the whole season, to be quite honest. In one sweeping segment, <laughs> I see. Here's the thing: is like I like Nicole as a person. She's just boring as a housewife, and that's like mm -hmm. it's, it's the same with some other people. Like, um, yeah, I've seen, I've, I see yeah. this people, but. I yeah. see that so it's like unfortunate one thing one last thing actually I did want to say about um Nicole was that her Chiron and Gemini placement um and sort of the symbolism and additional significance into like her her healing if you will um you know Chiron and Gemini there's also an association that Mercury or Virgo energy is very associated with that Chiron placement. Um, so for her to have Chiron, this wounded healer, this point of trauma, this trigger moment in Gemini, which is we talked about a childhood trauma. Um, and then, of course, in these episodes, we learned that she was in that accident because her father was not paying attention. And Mercury also can signify cars it can signify transportation so you see a childhood wound caused around this sort of this accident and now on top of that she has her mercury in virgo and her son in virgo so it's all she can think about it completely envelops the way she processes information the way she thinks this had a very lasting impact and we definitely see this play out and it's something i think that will continue to play out especially as saturn moves into pisces in all its magic, in all its glory, squaring. A lot of tough growth lessons over the next two years for Nicole, for sure. Mm. So this healing journey, not over, just beginning, if I'm being perfectly honest. Um, and I'm excited to see her evolve and grow from it. Yeah, but, you know, We're talking about like people Nicole. who are holding the families together. On the other side, we have Lenny and Lisa, who we cannot ignore. 
Oh my God. Yeah, no, absolutely. Something I found interesting about Lenny and Lisa's situation is because we've like already talked about this. We but check, check our past episodes. We definitely yes. especially at the beginning of the Miami season. So like early December. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, but yeah, so I thought that like what was just so interesting to me was this was very reminiscent especially what came out in this episode of the Shannon and David situation where oh. it's like, I know Tasha, you haven't gotten there. You're, you're like working your way through. OC. <sighs> um, so w- without too many spoilers, I'll just say that both of these men knew their relationships were over and yet they pushed their women back into the spotlight or into the spotlight and mm. put them in this space to be kind of let, set up for like failure like in just this very public way and it's just Mm. like very interesting with both David and Lenny we've seen them lie about their recommitment to the relationship both these men cheated whether emotionally and like then it turned out to be actually more so than what it is and then they ended up with the women that they left their wives for like there's just so many similarities between David and Lenny and I didn't look at their charts but it just like I couldn't not mention this because I saw so many parallels and it just like uh, but anyway, we've seen Shannon just like blossom so much from that after a very deep, deep, dark um, period. But uh, yes, to speaking to like Lisa and like what she can gain from this, I I am excited to see how she also blossoms and where she goes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I wish we knew her rising sign so we could figure out <laughs> Lisa, if you ever want to pass it along we're happy to be reading (laughs) um i'm excited to get to shannon though i am i am in my binge i am oc is picking up momentum for me i'm so excited for us to do a binge episode um it's gonna be great you guys are gonna wanna stay tuned for sure oh yes yes um all right i think that's i think we're good on miami should we should we jump over to the to jersey speaking of all this family all these relations oh my god yeah oh family family Mm, yeah you know both both tasha and i are kind of getting over jersey like after it's so sad because we just came off of this beautiful binge where both of us were like so reinvigorated by all these incredible seasons yeah so then to come come into this and just like have a balloon just deflate so quickly <laughs> yeah I mean look obviously family is always going to be at the heart of Jersey and I think that um you know both Melissa and Teresa um which we've gone into detail in our binge episode um but you know they do have very significant cancerian placements Melissa has that 29 degrees Jupiter in cancer as you pointed out and um Melissa, I mean, sorry, Teresa has her Mars and Venus in Cancer. So, like, Cancer is just always going to, and I, I believe, like, Melissa's Jupiter, like, hits those points as well. So, it triggers, um, it triggers Teresa, like, and when Teresa's so boldly claiming, like, the chosen family and, like, really being loud about it, like, she's really drawing her lines. And at the end of the day, like, boundaries are boundaries. It is what it is. Like, I think, um... I don't know. Melissa, Melissa's always been fascinating to me, but I do think with that Jupiter at 29 degrees, she is going to have to learn to like really take care of her needs. Um, 
and like really actually properly step into this role as a healer and a nurturer to some capacity um but i don't know if she's there yet i think right now she's having a hard time dealing being in the middle of it all mm, yeah yeah was she did she have her uranus opposition or she's in it now i think she did right in 2021 maybe or, or is she in it right now? But I, it's all, like, building up to it, or it feels like... Or, like, the aftermath of it. It's definitely Uranus opposition vibes. But, yeah, yeah, I yeah. it was really funny, like, when Melissa was talking to her kids, and she was, like, the way she said family is everything, to me, it seemed like a threat. Like, that did not seem comforting. <laughs> it did not seem like guidance. That seemed like you could hear all the shit that she's been through trying to keep her... Br- uh, husband and his sister's family together um, yeah yeah I, also uh, yeah no I mean but here's the thing Melissa you gotta stop bringing up the motherfucking sprinkle cookies like but it's not her everyone else is bringing it up he was doing it the other day too I feel like I saw a video of her in a pool like with sprinkle cookies but you're right Marge does bring up the sprinkle cookies a whole lot also yeah, um, you know what? That's interesting with this group. They don't let anything go. They like they no. just keep rehashing shit. And the funny thing is, is they rehash shit that they weren't even around for. It's like yes. this thing. Like I was a viewer. I know this happened. Um, it's so funny. Yeah, it's, it's it's annoying, but it's also entertaining all at once. I mean, I kind of live for the Gen Eight and Marge fights. So, um, I think that they're so bombastic. They're so extra and. We, of course, had to look at, like, both their charts. What makes these two women just fucking want to rip their heads off each other? Like, what is with what is in the stars? Um, was there anything, like, you noticed that stuck out to you? Yeah. Well, okay, so both have Aries, suns, and moons. And Aries right. is like <laughs> kind of me. So right off the bat, we have two people who are, like, me, 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 me. Um, the Like, the their emotions their everything like it's tied to themselves yeah i mean when you have so much aries energy it's like battle to the death like you're a competitor you're friend or foe friend of foe always type of energy you're putting out there yeah um, ladies are not going to be friends it is like very similar types of energies especially based on like how many things hit in the charts between the both of them Yes, and I thought it was the point you had about their south nodes and north nodes, like that mm. was really interesting. Um, what you yeah, know? like their south nodes are ruled by Mars, and like their north nodes are ruled by Venus. Both of them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And then Mars's Mars is opposing Jen's south node and Sun, but that also means her. Mars is conjunct Jen's North Node. So it's like that could go either way where she could pull out like the really great energy and like really kind of like push Jen to be better or she can make her fall into that kind of, you know. Low vibe, yeah. Antagonizing. Yeah, yeah. now I'm like, how do I say low vibe other than low vibe? Because like, I don't want it to be low vibe. But yeah, here here it's low vibe, like. Here it's very low vibe. It's, it's entertaining you low like vibe. that because once again, it's like as soon as I start arguing, I literally tune out and like it's lost me. I don't. It's just. I, I think I. 
it just fair. It's fair. Nothing. And then they go so below the belt. Oh my god. Mm-hmm. Oh my mm-hmm. god. I mean, I think that's what I look for. Like, how below the belt can you get? And like, they just pop off as if it's no big deal. Whereas, I'm a Scorpio rising, so I know when I pop off, I will pop off, and like, I know when things will hit. But I'm, I can't, I, and maybe that's my Cancer son. Like, I can't just throw it out like that. You know, like it's just not. And so when I see someone facilitate or do it with ease, I'm like, damn, that's like some gusto. I wish I had a little more of. But honestly, no, it would be too chaotic if that were the case. Yeah, Um, no, I'm not trying to out people's affairs. (laughs) (laughs) No, no. But, you know, you say I'm not trying to out people's affairs, not talking about you. But I just noticed this in the motherfucking charts. Um, So Marge's North Node is in Taurus. Jen's Chiron again this wounded healer guys right. we also have it's Jupiter also and Chiron happening this weekend so like naturally we're all going to be t- Chiron's on the mind it's just mm-hmm. in the cosmic ether but she hears a Chiron in Taurus and her Mercury in Taurus straddling that north node so what does this mean symbolically Chiron and Taurus what I always think of that also is like your one-on-one relationships like bonds like the fear of losing those bonds the fear of losing those bonds as resources as your self-confidence so her Jen's self-confidence around her marital relationship and those bonds in relation to the other women financial component tied to that as well Exactly. Very Taurian. With that Mercury and Taurus, it was almost like Marge was that um, instigator, that North Node activating aspect that allowed her to hopefully cultivate more intimacy with Bill, which we do kind of see things happening a little more. Jen has become, at least to me, more likable after how she's handled it as a mom with her kids. And like, not saying like there's a right way or wrong way of handling it, but I think that it's just not an easy thing to navigate in the public eye with a family. So kudos to her. Um, But that was very interesting how those two played out, like those placements played out specifically as it related to who outed who in terms of like a marital affair. And I mean, in Taurus, I can also think of that as like your marriage, right? Venus, very much at the heart of it. Um, What's also interesting is Jen Aiden has Mars in Pisces, and that is conjunct Marge's Mercury in Pisces. So Jen's kind of like an antagonizer bursting Marge's perfect bubbles or perceived narratives. And you you do see that a lot and it is triggering because Marge also has her Chiron in Pisces right, so they trigger exactly. each other like a motherfucker like yeah. no other um but and honestly really great for each other's growth because like, yes said, like they're 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 literally the not like not looking at charts but just looking at the way their energies interact they mm-hmm. are squares they cause the friction. However, like it's not a great situation. It could be very, very difficult and trying. But if you push through on the other side is like this incredible growth and integration. And like they are that for each other. And it's so interesting to see because like we do, especially with Jen, who I feel like is more receptive to mm-hmm. change and growth and self-reflection mm-hmm. at this stage in her life um yeah like she oh, maybe maybe like- tbd tbd 
Well, but we've already seen it because again, no, like true, you said, true. like, look at how she yeah. handled the Bill situation. And like, she'd been uh-huh. bottling that up inside of her. Like, uh-huh. like she was able to release that and just facing your fears and like being able to let something that heavy go, like you come out on the, like you're already coming out on the side, other side, a better person. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, mm-hmm. I think we have seen that in her. So yeah, mm-hmm. this is a very interesting relationship. Um, totally. We also covered them in our bonus episode. So if you want to hear more about these two, go check out Jersey yeah. bonus part two. Yeah. 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 Very interesting trigger points. I mean, I'm excited. <laughs> They they just keep Jersey. They they're keeping Jersey afloat for me at this moment. Yeah, we can leave it at that. We so can anyway, leave it at that. moving on to Summer House because we have lots of things to say. Oh, oh my gosh! <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh. Um, I feel like Summer House like needed its own episode, but actually not. And there's like too much. To, uh, but I'll summarize. I mean, <laughs> first of all, first of all, first of all, we have to talk about Andrea. Oh. Like. Uh, yeah, everyone's heart. I mean, is he, this was as close to like an Italian wet dream for like so many women, I feel like in real life, right? Like it's just this beautiful man brings your bags up, brings you coffee in the morning, cooks a whole Italian meal, wants to talk about feelings. He feels so much. He cries a little. He holds you. Like, what do his placements say about this? Is he truly as perfect as he seems? What do you what do you what do you think? Well, I think no one's perfect. Um, no one's perfect, right? <laughs> Off the bat. And uh yeah. But again, like Mars in Cancer, Chiron in Cancer, like wound about family, gonna be a little more sensitive. He actually, oh no, he doesn't have a water trine. Um, you like beautiful man. He is beautiful. You know, it's funny because, like, he's not what I want in a man, but, like, I would love to be, like, Sierra or Paige. Not Paige. I would love to be Sierra to him because it's, like, I get all the benefits of, like, being pampered and loved on and, like, treated, like, well. Yeah, exactly. Um, But without having to have, like, the sexual tension and, like, emotional aspect attached to it. So, um, yeah. But yeah, oh, he's got a son in Taurus and mm-hmm. like, like comes in and cooks for everyone and throws these little dinner parties and it's so cute. Um, I think that's such a Mars and Cancer thing too, which he has. Like it is very like you have Mars and Cancer. So like Mama Bear, let me organize, let me take care of you. Type yeah. Of vibe. yeah, I have Mars and Chiron in Cancer. Um he so I don't know, he could have a Capricorn moon which is what's floating around on the internet but he could also Mm -hmm. have a Sagittarius moon oh could he oh and I kind of see him more as a Sagittarius moon um especially since like here he is living in another country like he left Mm -hmm. his home um yeah I can see that he's like very open-minded like well, I mean, you're you're a sag moon, so it's like... You know. Oh my god, yeah, thank you for describing me as all these lovely things. But yes, I too am a foreigner in a distant land, um, since yeah. I'm from Malaysia. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. yeah. But yes, exactly. 
No, that is very true. That is, I never, I, you know what? I did not see that. And so now that you've opened my eyes to the possibility that he could be a sag moon, I'm like, ooh. Okay. So this is where. Capricorn as much, but like maybe we just don't see those sides of him. Yeah. I mean, he does have Uranus and Neptune and North Node and Capricorn. Like he has the similar placements around that, you know, the 1991 situation. Um, so I feel like he will eventually embody more Capricorn. But yeah, he doesn't necessarily seem as Capricornian because cat moons don't cry. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Not to say you don't cry, but like if I could count on one hand the number of cat the number of cat moons in my life that I have seen like cry, like easily cry, the way Andrea cries at dinner when talking about family. Yeah, I you don't... know what? Where is that coming from, though? Because, like, what cancer do you mean? Is, cancer doesn't cry either, and that's his only one. Wait, like, I'm looking what? At this no, no, no. Cancers fucking cry. Are you serious? Okay, so maybe it's because I have that Aquarius moon that it's like, yes, tempering I'm... that because I'm like, well, no, like, your Mars in Cancer, though, is also in the seventh house. And so sometimes, like, you don't necessarily feel this, you don't operate with the seventh house like it's more of the other person sometimes a reflection of rather than you potentially so maybe that could be it to some degree but but no as a cancer son i can sign off on the fact that we fucking cry a lot or like we get in our like i walked out someone made a joke or not made a joke but i remember i was in my apartment and my friends a boyfriend and girlfriend they were watching fucking finding dory and i literally no context of this movie come out of the shower watch two seconds of it and start fucking crying and everyone's like why are you crying you have Wait. not watched this movie i'm like it's emotional you do not feel the emotion coming from the tv finding dory all right like, i take it on. back because i don't cry about my life so much although like you've seen me cry so like clearly things <laughs> push me to that point but like yeah, it's yeah. not a common thing but if i see one of those sad commercials or i watch like a sad movie of finding nemo bawling um the no- so like yes like, i cry through other people's pain and suffering more so than my own i'd say that's fair but andrea is it mm-hmm. is very rooted emotionally in him maybe where it might be as maybe might not as prominent for you but that family that emotion tied to family is so deeply like it's his south node he is he's come into this formerly being a cancer very family oriented and now coming into this like talk so passionately about it i can definitely see that come into play for sure yeah 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 uh andrea Andrea, beautiful man, but okay, I will say this last comment about Andrea. As beautiful as he is and whatnot, I do think that he did get with um serious with Lexi during like that Taurus eclipse cycle. So you see that Taurus sun and like big changes to his relationship. However, I do think previous life, not previous life, like literally like previously before Lexi, before Paige, I do see kind of the makings of a little bit fuckboy-ish as well in the chart, but like that's every that's kind of every sign a little bit um but you know we talked about cancer men and obviously he has like his cancer placements and he was a cancer man in his previous life so maybe some of that fuckery comes through (laughs) and jupiter and leo like wanting to swing around your yeah (laughs) and venus and gemini always wanting to be entertained by different 
like being curious about different relationships. He also has his son. Yes, Sun Pluto also opposition, like that Sun and Pluto energies together, like can be very like sexual in the I mean, he loves sex, as we know in this episode. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. But yes, love letter to Andrea. I hope you and Lexi like are so incredibly happy. Nothing but good things. Um now moving on to oh my god I'm actually very excited to have this conversation with you because I was desperately in need to know the Gemini stellium opinion about what went down with poor Sam this episode poor thing yeah first of all it's like impossible for her to be succinct and I don't know this well actually yes I do do this um but I see it in my father like my father has a Gemini son Gemini rising. Um, where's his moon? Anyway, um, but yes, and it's like, oh, he could just go on and on. And then she says that she loves hearing herself talk during sex. Like Gemini's ruled by Mercury. Mercury's about communication, about communicate. Did I just say communication twice? Yes. Um, you're so Gemini. exclamation can't be succinct here i go so yeah also okay oh my god when she was like if i could have a twin who was older than me like have a twin that's literally the sign of gemini so like everything she was saying this episode i was just like (sighs) do you relate you're like i i feel you um not so much because i feel like my other placements kind of help support I do mm. talk forever. I do say things like not the way I want to say them. Um, mm-hmm. But I feel like I'm more self-aware. And it's interesting because she was talking with her mom. So it's like she's aware of these things. Um, all right. So what do you think about Maya pulling Sam aside at, at night before they go out to celebrate? <laughs> oh, my God. I literally, what I wrote in my notes was, oh no, Maya, WTF, in all caps. Mm. And, okay. (laughs) The thing is, I understand that part of the Gemini lesson is also learning to listen. Right? Like, it's very much the second part of that communication, which I do feel like is what Sam's mom articulated in like a very beautiful way. Just tone down a little, but don't compromise who you are. And like with Maya, girl, you have a cancer moon, but you're not her mom. Mm. And I will say that sometimes a cancer energy, it's like very easy to feel like, let me superimpose my assumption. Let me superimpose my standards of care. If I care, if I think this, other people clearly think this, so I'm going to involve myself. And Aquarius' son, you know, She's so much about the click and the community. Like, Maya, I think, has also gotten a little clicky this season. I don't know how I feel about her in this season. And I clearly, she, I think, was going through some stuff with, like, the Oliver situation in the background. So maybe, like, that's why some energy is off as well. But um, I just, it gave me kind of mean girl vibes, even if Maya might not have intentionally been doing so i mean aquarius sun cancer moon maybe there can be a little bit detached in how you communicate things that um 
are specific to your feelings, maybe not understood by others. And I just think to your point, like the timing of it, like what the fuck is with everyone having all these like serious conversations before going out, before having game night? Like you had Maya here and then you had Sierra with Kyle and then Kyle talking to Amanda before this massive game night blow up. Like, excuse me. Um, But Moving to Sierra for a second, I also appreciate the level of mediating or the role of the mediator that I think she's grown into this season. Um, I think that's a really huge quality of that Chiron in Libra, you know, being maybe able to mediate for others in a diplomatic way when even though you're not fully able to advocate for yourself in a clear, direct manner, um, which might have contributed to the Austin shit show, which... Very glad she's out of that because apparently he slept with Taylor and I don't watch Southern Charm, but I know you do. So I don't know if like, like if you have thoughts on that or anything, but I can't, I can't even begin on my thoughts on that. First of all, I don't understand how Austin gets with all these women because (laughs) I don't know. There's just nothing appealing about him. Like he, he just looks like a frat boy that's aged 10 years um he's coming off he's you know what he was pissed that he lost his most hated man title and now is coming back for it <laughs> oh my gosh oh Just my that. god well yes well okay so speaking of most hated man um oh someone has taken that throne in a big way it will take a lot to take this title from the reigning now champion tom oh Sandoval. my gosh and of all oh my gosh emma i mean look for people who are tuning in who might have joined i guess joined along for the ride during the scandal first off we don't actually cover this show on this podcast um but of course with the way the world blew up, the internet blew up, everyone is talking about it. We're talking, I mean, I'm talking about it. Like, I cannot not talk about it. We are therefore carving out a little special segment, um, which, you know, hopefully might be an interesting perspective, but this is sort of our take on the Vanderpump situation at the moment. Yeah, um, that's like knowing nothing about it other than spark notes and everyone's like little explanations that have been floating around the internet. And Tasha's yeah. Scorpio energy just like really doing <laughs> doing the work for us. <laughs> I appreciate that. I did want to um direct listeners though who are wa- who are listening and tuning in that there is a Magic on the Patio podcast episode that does an amazing breakdown of the VPR natal charts. You get to hear Alyssa, you get to hear Lauren talk. Um, But what I really love about all of this, right, is that there are obviously so many astrologers out there. There's so many different interpretations that you can get from a natal chart, um, things happening. So I'm curious, you know, obviously, Emma, just from like a high level, if anything struck out at you, like the drama of it all like was there anything that resonated is there anything that makes you want to watch vpr now (laughs) i do not want to watch vpr now and actually if anything this made me realize why i don't want to watch it like Mm. i love a different type of reality television um Mm. 
So yeah, and I like specifically don't want to be watching people my age or younger. Like I love watching people older than me. That's why it's like kind of hurting a little that housewives are more and more becoming my mm. age range. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, that's no, I don't feel that I want to watch it now. What about you? Has this has this turned you? Yeah, you know, I think um I think I might start a binge um <laughs> at some point when I'm done with OCU and I'm done with Married to Medicine and then I can start my Vanderpump binge, but to be honest, I do think that the last few weeks have been uh, last week, oh my god, has been such a wealth of information that has um flooded the internet. I mean, New York Times like Pajiba, everything has a conversation about VPR. And now one thing that struck me about um, our personal conversation about this is you were like initially like that reaction about, oh, my God, is this a giant PR thing? Like secretly. And it was funny because then I was like, I mean, things are hitting and it's like and you're like, well, I want to want to see the karma. Um, Yeah the movie of the karma of where these players all know each other in a past yeah. life. Yeah, because Tasha was like, karmically it plays out. And I'm like, okay, if that's the case, I want to see <laughs> the past lives that have led up to this more than I care about watching this drama. Uh, I <laughs> Especially mean, since I've seen it like drawn out on so many whiteboards at this point, like I get it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, okay, so now let's get into the heart of it. I just want to clarify, we will be talking about Tom Sandoval's karma. Okay, Um, it's a different sort of look at the natal chart, maybe not looking at all the players, but there's some players that I think very fascinating with his placements. Um, Shout out. Thank you, Alyssa, for actually confirming his rising sun and moon, because as we know, Tom lied about his age in the media. So, you know, as accurate as we can get, I guess, whole sign wise. So. Starting off. He has his south node in Capricorn and north node in Cancer. And on top of that, so first of all, Cancer man, hello. Um, But on top of that, his Cancer sun is right on top of that north node. Mm. Very interesting quagmire. Um, Emma, do you want to like, you want to like talk about the nodes? Just like remind people since this is like an educational case study, I guess, via Sandoval. Yeah. What the nodes are. Yes. So we've already touched on this a little bit in this episode so far, but the South Node kind of represents like talents or abilities or kind of characteristics or tendencies that you bring into this life. Some would say from previous lifetimes and that it's tied to your karma. Um, It can also be, as we've said earlier, lower vibe tendencies of your personality whereas on the north node side it's things that we're growing into skills that we're learning um ways we're expanding and growing as a human or again karmically um or could be seen as us being in a more high vibe expression but as we've said earlier there are high vibes of our uh south node and low vibes of our north node that we can also be portraying Totally. Um, So, you know, thank you so much for that breakdown. Um, So when I'm looking at your South Node, I'm looking at your past life story, as Emma alluded to, and oftentimes, okay, just want to clarify that these past lives do repeat themselves as habits and lessons that you're looking to overcome. With Tom's Capricorn South Node and his Cancer North Node, it's very clear his karmic mission in this lifetime is to heal 
first and foremost okay i want to take out all the other stuff that is his purpose and that what is that's what he's supposed to accomplish now with as a cancer son conjunct that north node of destiny there is that double emphasis of that healing of self now rem reminder your son is your identity your core identity um taking care of your son keeps you sane and grounded his involves actively understanding his vulnerability and establishing safe bonds with people he trusts therefore becoming the ultimate nurturer and great guiding father it also speaks this cancer energy deeply to that desire of children for children that he has um now, this is where it kind of gets interesting when you layer on the astrology. Cancer is ruled by the moon, and his moon is in Capricorn. Sister signs to his cancer, which Emma and I have spoken about. Emma, do you want to like remind people um, the sister sign signification again? Yes, thank you for giving me a voice somewhere in this conversation. <laughs> um, <laughs> so sister signs are opposing signs on the zodiac wheel. They're 180 degrees from each other and have complementary or contradictory, or I should say, and or contradictory mm -hmm. um, traits to each other. So they can balance each other out or challenge each other. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, you know, here with Tom having Cancer and Capricorn, it can really reflect that struggle between trying to keep himself sane and leaning into his quote unquote happiness or his perceived happiness. Now, Capricorn is a sign that can be likened to entrepreneurship, big boss type of energy, but it can also really bring associations with hedonism, work hard, play hard. Not only that, traditions and integrity. It's very funny how all these things work together. This is where it gets even more interesting. <laughs> Tom has his natal Mars and Saturn squaring the aforementioned North Node in Cancer and South Node in Capricorn. In evolutionary astrology, squares reflect where you could have avoided that lesson, lest be doomed to repeat it in this lifetime. Oh, interesting. So Mars being the planet of action. And in this case, we could also throw in lust and then mm -hmm. Saturn being the planet, as we always talk about of restriction, discipline, um, boundaries or lack thereof. Also <laughs> the ruler of his south node in Capricorn. Um, and Libra is the sign of relationships, which is where his Saturn is, that other mm -hmm. part of that square. Mm -hmm. So now you also throw in the houses, right? His south node is in his fifth house of romance, short-term affairs, hedonism. <laughs> that south node in that fifth house is forming a tense aspect to that Mars and Saturn in Libra, as you described, in his second house of self-confidence and resources. Oh my God, dude. I bet we're going to hear that he's got he's got a baby out there somewhere it's there are rumors out there that people got like, babies oh, out there well maybe that you know if he couldn't have children with ariana raquel is like he could maybe knock her out like that is like kind of theory theories being put out there right now hmm. um but i mean above all to me it's just kind of fucking fascinating right that it's it seems like he's rerunning this playbook many times karmically 
it's this struggle between hedonism, my desires, getting self-indulgent, and like having these tough growth aspects with like actual committed relationships, Mars and Saturn, committed relationships, I feel like committed action. Um, and on top of that, when you layer Raquel, Rachel's placements onto him, oh my God, it's like very interesting. She has Venus in Scorpio. It's conjunct his Jupiter in Scorpio. Um, mm -hmm. I think that Jupiter's in Scorpio is at zero degrees. We talked about the zero degrees earlier as well, critical degrees. She also has her Mars and Cancer on his North Node and Sun in that 11th house. Like, oh my God. I mean, oh, wow. for symbolism. Being out there in the public eye for everyone to see. Yes. And then also a wider friend group with that 11th house. And then Mars, you have the severing of ties. Like Raquel was that point of severance, breaking apart his family. Mm. Okay. And then also her Neptune and Uranus. They both energetically entangle with his south node, again, stoking old habits. And it forms, in my mind, some element of confusion with that Neptune around his emotions, getting swept up in the romanticism of it all. Well, and also Uranus there, like just extreme sudden changes of direction or mm -hmm. events that just kind of like catalyze things forward. Totally, totally. And, you know, it's very interesting, obviously, the timing of it, right? Like this past week, we just had this crazy transit. Saturn moved into Pisces. Um, Raquel's going through her Saturn return. She has a Saturn in Pisces. Virgo rising, um, Tom Sandoval. His seventh house is ruled by that Pisces energy. So that Saturn is moving through his house of trust, house of other, house of partnerships. Saturn brings about lessons. So karmically, you kind of see them coming together at this moment. And I'm not entirely, you can't convince me otherwise that they did not know each other in another life previously. That's what I'm saying. Like, I need that movie. I want to see all <laughs> of them, like, just scene after scene, each one, one life, another life, another life. Right. What led up to this shit show? Totally. I mean, it's it's so funny. Like, we did that crossover analysis, right, with Alexia and, um, and... Teresa and it's like oh my god they could have been sisters in another life at some capacity like I do wonder in the reality tv circuit how many mm -hmm. of them kind of know each other from a different life you know um just because they're all here to like learn these lessons you kind of you know grow together if you will um, yeah yeah very interesting yeah so that was sort of my first like run through karmically I mean I feel like the karma is very much there and we've seen it play out and it's like okay, like, where do you go from here now? It's, I hope, ultimately, like, Tom, kind of, because of that North Node in the 11th, I hope he finally firms up what it is that makes him happy and prioritize and focus and develop that discipline. Because otherwise, there is that self-indulgence that comes, that narcissism that I think a lot of people talk about. Um, and with the fifth house, there are all these Leo associations. So your south node in Leo, south node in that fifth house, your shadow side can be linked to uh, overt ego and enlarged ego and narcissistic type of individual. Um, for him to get out of that feeling, for him to not control, for him to only control his emotions, for him to feel safe. And it's a lot of work. It's a lot of emotional vulnerability being done. And, um, you know, I I don't know these people, so I don't want to wish them in any way other than I hope they all grow and I hope they learn and I hope they heal. 
ultimately. Um, yeah, that's all I got to say about this. Because it is very toxic otherwise, I think, um, a lot of these relationships. Otherwise? <laughs> I mean, yeah, oh, you no, mean other than, like, trying to, oof, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and, like, I'm not, like, going to add to the public opinion and the judgment and the witch hunts and all this stuff. Like, I think that's the mob not mentality. What we're here not... to do. Yeah. yeah, we're not here to do that. We're just here to show, okay, well, some people made choices, um, and some choices are a little more karmically induced than others. And it seems like he might have made a bad choice here. I'm just saying, sure. repeating karma is not great because you're going to be doomed to repeating it forever if you don't work on it. So... Yes, that's well, my take. Speaking of being doomed, if you don't learn your lessons, we do, as we've talked about, Saturn has moved on to a new sign, and we've spoken over the past few months about people who yeah. have experienced their Saturn returns coming out of Saturn and Aquarius. So some examples were Lisa Rinna. You can listen back to our cosmic forecast 2023, where we really dove into that. Um, yeah. We've also seen, you know, Karen on Potomac this season kind of evolve into more of an elder um, also going through her second Saturn return. Yeah. Also, Kim Richards has went through her Saturn return, right? And I think there's news that she might potentially be coming back to Beverly Hills in like a limited capacity or like filming or something. So, you know, you see these case examples of people who like have gone through shit during their Saturn return and then come out on the other side, maybe like with rewards, maybe better careers, maybe all new chapters, all hopefully more healed. Um and now, who um are there any people Saturn Pisces wise you want to call out that we're going to be keeping our eyes on just to see what should show might ensue? Yeah, maybe not the yeah. show. <laughs> well, or like just growth and expansion. Yes, growth and expansion. Um, yes, yes, so yes. we talked about Shannon earlier. She's one of them. We also have Cynthia Bailey, um, Garcelle, and then Ooh. a bunch of the um, Miami. Miami, yeah, Adriana, Marisol, also Lenny. Oh, um, well, we Lenny. talked about that in our Lenny deep dive, also how he's yeah. experiencing that. So, yeah, these are uh, people you want to keep your eye on. We'll be doing it for you, also. Yes. Also, I just noticed Sharice is going to be having her Saturn return, which makes my comment earlier about I hope she has a storyline. Well, we'll see what happens. Yes. This- yeah, 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 yeah. Amazing. But until then, yeah. make sure you subscribe wherever you're listening to this podcast. Yes, and don't forget to follow along at the Cosmic Clubhouse for all things Rob Astrology. See you next week. Bye.